It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rattle me this. Rattle me that. Hit me in the head. With a baseball bat. What are we rattling? Is it a fish? No clue. I'm just muddling. Rattle me this. Wasn't that a lovely little ditty there? Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Ruddle Me This. I am, as always, your host, Taylor Ruddle, a.k.a. Brett, the Hitman Heart Disease. I am delighted to have you back for another week to check out the podcast. This week we are going to be interviewing a pretty good friend of mine and fellow comedian, that is Georgia West Cahill. I've known Georgia for a couple of years. We uh, bonded over our shared um, kind of passion for the 90s and the pop culture and toys and everything like that uh, that came with the 90s. Uh, She's also a massive fan of The Simpsons, which holds a very uh, near and dear place in my heart and is a big influence on me with my comedy writing. So that was kind of the two, the, uh, well, actually, no, there was a third one. She's also uh, massively into cats, which... uh, Uh, If you've ever listened to this, you'll know I'm a big fan. So today, Georgia came on to the show to tell me about the cutthroat dog-eat-dog world of doll collecting. We go on a little uh, stroll down memory lane, talking about what it was like growing up in the 90s, trying to collect action figures and toys uh, with our sort of limited supply of them available here in New Zealand, what some of the <laughs> the local haunts were and the best places to get um, action figures and toys growing up in the 90s, especially pre-internet. And then she kind of educates me on what it's like being a doll collector in the modern day and age and what kind of uh, environment it is um, navigating the online world of doll collecting. One other quick thing to get into before the interview starts, as I suppose I should announce this here, is I recently won an award in the 2023 New Zealand Comedy Guild Awards, which was uh, pretty cool. Uh, I, myself, and this podcast were actually nominated. My, I was nominated for the Breakout Comedian of the South Island, and this podcast was nominated for Best Online Production. 
And uh, in the end, I was indeed voted the 2023 Breakout Comedian of the South Island, which is a pretty cool achievement. I was nominated for it two years ago, did not win, came up short in that one. Uh, then was not nominated the following year, and then nominated and won it this year. So I guess, to be honest, I think we all know uh, why I was in the running for that. So a big shout out to David Correos for letting me cling on to those coattails. And uh, <laughs> that's that's basically the main reason I think I was nominated for it. So uh, I do appreciate uh, David taking me along on that tour. Uh, the podcast came up short, and unfortunately, I was uh, I lost out to the worst idea of all time with uh, Guy Montgomery and Tim Bat. Uh, so I don't feel too ashamed to have lost to uh, that podcast, as they mentioned it was their tenth year podcasting, and I think I've been doing this one for about eight months, something along those lines. So we'll get them next year, I hope. Um, we'll see how it goes. And I'm um, just really, yeah, looking forward to what 2024 is going to bring. I've got a few irons in the fire, a couple of uh, quite exciting projects lined up. I won't say too much about them just in case they don't pan out, as that could, that could often be the case with uh, this sort of freelance entertainment world. Uh, but one thing I can fairly confidently say is we are going to be doing some charity work for the Cancer Society. I've had a couple of meetings with them and we've got some cool shows lined up that I think are going to be um, sort of, a, I don't know how to word it, like they're going to be uh, soul fulfilling, <laughs> is that a word? I think they're going to be very, uh, they're going to be shows for a very good cause and I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to announce them. And then the other one, uh, let's just say if you are somebody who identifies as being what I understand the kids refer to as neurospicy, I hope I'm using that term correctly, uh, I've got a project in the works that will uh, hopefully benefit you. So um, as always, keep an eye on the Can Do Comedy Facebook page. That is where all of our gig and show announcements go. So I do apologize for uh, waffling on a bit. Uh, a little bit has happened in the old uh, daily life, but let's get down to the interview. So everybody, please welcome to the show uh, my friend and yours, Georgia West Cahill. Hello, Georgia. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me, Taylor. This is so exciting. It's been a, a while. We've had this plan uh, sort of in the making for a while, so we finally got yeah, to happen. Yeah, it's been so. in the works. It's been in production hell, but here <laughs> we are. Exactly. So, no, delighted to have you along. We, What are we going to be talking about in today's interview? Uh, well, I thought uh, my arrival me this will be about doll collecting, uh, my all-time favourite hobby. Uh, how, how does that sound? Yeah, no, that sounds perfect. Uh, cool. The one thing I wanted to get in first is we've got to talk about our cats a little bit. Cause, oh, no, crucial. <laughs> we have to, yeah. Very rarely do to. I get to talk about cats. Uh, so what is your cat's name? Uh, her name is Princess. And we tend to refer to her as Prin for short, don't we? Yeah, Prinny, Prinny, Prinnessy, Prin, um, Primble Machine, Prinistry <laughs> of Education. Uh, what else have we got? Prinilla the Han. Uh, Pranilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. So many. There's not, not many names. That's fantastic. And uh, <laughs> she, Harold's uh, Prin. She's about nine. She's nine years old. Yeah. Fantastic. A seasoned, a seasoned creature. Yeah. Uh, yeah wise yeah. to the she's ways of the world. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty hard boiled, you know. 
She loves uh, human food as well, two I pecks a day. Yeah, <laughs> no, she, <laughs> she sounds like it. But yeah, no, she, she loves her food. She's a big girl. She's actually been on a diet. Um, That's right. How is Bryn's diet going? And she's she's doing well. Um, actually, no, I say that, but she snuck into the treat packet the other day and just, <laughs> just went ham. She was fiending. And I, um, it was because she'd, she'd eaten it all all the treats in the packet and the packet was still on, on the floor and she was kind of like lying on it, meowing at me. And I was like, princess, you ate them all. Stop being silly. And so I had she... to go to work. So I, I left for the day and then I came back about like, I don't know, eight hours later and she was still <laughs> on the treat packet. So she's not, yeah. she's not super happy about being on a diet. She's not thrilled, but um, I've explained to her many times. Yeah, I've explained to her many times that it's for her own good. It's for her health. That's true. Sometimes you got to show tough love to pets. Yeah. So then my my cat is uh, Henry. He is a uh, orange (laughs) cat. Which anyone that has a cat or knows cats will know what kind of shenanigans he gets up to. He spends a lot of time on the roof (laughs) of the house. Um, he (laughs) he was Princess a street cat. No, she's an indoor cat. Mm. She's an indoor cat. Henry was a street boy when we sort of like adopted him or whatever. And I think when animals have lived on the streets, they tend to be like super food motivated. So yeah, he loves. Yeah. Uh, he's much like Prin, but um, he's weirdly yeah. gotten quite skinny in his old age. So I don't know what <laughs> my parents have done, but he's doing really well. Uh, we got a ton of nicknames for him. We call him uh, <laughs> obviously Henry, Hen, Humph, Humphrey. Hoss, uh, ears, <laughs> hungry Tom, and that might be all that I can remember. I don't have his. I think I don't have Hoss his, is my favorite. Hoss is great. It's <laughs> one of my favorite words in the whole English language. Um, so I, what I'll do is I'll post a picture of both of our cats, and the listeners can check it out in the show notes. And uh, that's that satisfies the clause in my contract of being allowed to talk about my cat at least once per yep. season in the show. Yep. Yep. Uh, if there's any listeners that have cats as well, send a photo to my Facebook page, I guess, Please. and uh, we might do like a cat hoss of the week, a cat of the week. <laughs> um, okay, so now that now that we've got the form, the formalities out of the way, uh, we've ticked that box on the health and safety form. Let's get into the doll collecting. So, what is your, um, I suppose, your history with doll collecting? How what is it uh, in relation to your life? Um. I think it started at a very, very young age. Um, I, I, I loved playing with dolls as a child. Um, I think the first ever doll I got, I don't know. I think I already had hand-me-down Barbies at this point, but I got um, a Bratz doll. Um, if, if there are any Bratz fans listening, it was the Stepping Out Chloe, if you know the one. She's got the red, like, silk cami top and the the flare jeans she was a very cool doll um and yeah i think it just they're sort of unique uh they had quite big heads didn't they yeah i I very vaguely remember those they were they were very controversial when they first (laughs) came out what were they controversial for well first of all they were just very very different than the standard fashion doll um Mm. which was you know your barbie and your barbie clones but yeah brats they were very thin they had no noses. They had huge lips, big feet. You could actually snap off their feet. And um, that's how you change their shoes. I don't oh, know right. the shoes. They came <laughs> yeah. with a change of feet. Um, and yeah, a lot of parents are like, well, these are a bit too sexy for little girls. These are a bit inappropriate. 
Because they were um, very adult, weren't they? They had like cell phones. Yeah, I think they would go I to like they the were club. Meant to, yeah, I think they were meant to um, appeal to more of the tween, like eight to twelve demographic, which was like a gap in the market at the time. Whereas Barbie was more for like younger, young little girls. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, yeah. I guess uh, we could get into a little bit of the history of Barbie. Was Barbie the first yeah. ever doll? Because that was what the movie seems to imply. No, this is actually really interesting. Barbie was not the first fashion doll. She was most certainly the first like doll, fashion doll to make fashion dolls popular. But there were there were quite a few um, in the 1940s and the 1950s. I think there were like the Madame Alexander ones, and I can't remember the exact names. But there were other like adult bodied fashion dolls. Um, but yeah, Barbie was really the first one that kind of changed the game. She mm. kind of changed the game, but yeah, that's right. The um, the other one that I'm sort of r- vaguely familiar with was uh, Polly Pocket. Is that a is that a collective one or is that something else? That's a kind of slightly it's, different line, isn't it? It it kind of changed over the years. I think when Polly Pocket first came out, she was kind of meant to be like um, because at the time, like miniatures were really popular. This is the early nineties, uh, but miniatures were really popular. We had Lewis Pet Shop puff in my pocket um those kind of collectible sort of that kind of thing and I think she was meant to be that whereas in the 2000s those that like collectible mini dolls became less you know fashionable so I guess yeah they wanted to make her more of like an actual doll that you could dress up but also still kind of small and collectible and yeah whatever she was meant to be at the start yeah the um the whole idea of doll collecting uh, (laughs) it sounds weird but my only context for this (laughs) Is those Malibu Stacys from The Simpsons? So they have like, and I sort of know this with Barbie. They have like scientist Barbie and yeah, uh, you know, oil oil rig worker Barbie, or you know, whatever whatever her professions yeah. are. Is that what people tend to collect? Is they'll do like a, a series of Barbies where each one has like a new gimmick, and then yeah. like once they've, I'm assuming once they finish that line, certain Barbies get retired and they become collector's items is that kind of how it works pretty much pretty much that's how it works so yeah there would be a doll that comes out uh like for example one year and that would be like on the shelves on the market for like a couple years and then they'll yeah discontinue that line um sometimes mattel release limited edition dolls for collectors Uh, and they're usually you know like higher price point they're a bit higher quality um absolutely but yeah yeah pretty much the um, I've always found that uh, a bit interesting looking at like American uh collecting f- action figures versus collecting here because we I imagine probably get like the dregs of the market uh shipped yep. over to New oh, Zealand. Oh no, absolutely. Um, I think that I would have a much bigger collection if I lived in America because all of the best dolls, the dolls that I want, like if I wanted to get them, I'll have to pay like $80 for international shipping. And it's just, it's just, it's inaffordable. So my dream is to go to America just to get dolls, just to go to like flea markets and and like, I don't know, like collector shops and antique shops and like get them. I feel so bad yeah. for my parents um, when, you know, when you're a child and you know, this is the thing that if we've got a, a lot of uh, American, well, we're mostly New Zealand listeners, but we do have some American listeners. So yeah. one thing the American listeners might not quite understand is like how far New Zealand is from the rest of the world. So quite often we would still get the big toys 
here, but you would definitely not have as much of a range of mm-hmm. uh, obviously what they would get in the States. And um, I guess when you're a child, you don't really understand <laughs> you know the economics of like shipping and things like that yeah. so you don't understand why we don't have like the specific whatever it is that you want from this right like you know um, for me it would be pokemon yeah. figurines that was my big collecting thing when i was a child and um yeah i just feel bad for all the times i must have badgered my parents to get like you know why don't they have this one but you know it's completely out yeah. of their hands and and really yeah yeah, that's really interesting you bring that up because like, because um, yeah, I was really into Bratz as a kid um, and I grew up on the West Coast, which is a very small even smaller, area. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes down to like, is this going to sell in New Zealand? Um, now, here's the thing. Um, with the Bratz, there were four main core characters and each of them were a different like, um, like ethnic background. So you had Chloe, who was the white one. Um, you had Jade, who well, was the Asian one. Such a white name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had Yasmin, who was the the Latin one, and then Sasha, who was the African American one. Right. Um, so at the the Greymouth Warehouse, which is pretty much the only like place you can get toys in the yeah. West Coast, they never had Sashas. Mm, they never yeah. had. They never sold Sashas at this you know, mostly white West Coast. I find that really interesting. But I always felt like my my collection was incomplete because of that because I never had a Sasha. <laughs> oh, that is devastating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah devastating. <laughs> I think for the retailers that you tend to get stuff in New Zealand, the warehouse was the big one because I remember getting, uh, you know, Pokemon, WWE, whatever action figures we had. That was like always pretty much. Yeah. As soon as we'd walk into the warehouse with my parents, my brother and I would be like, "Can we go look at the toys?" And then, yeah, you know, yeah, we'd just yeah. Run off to the toy house. There was no, I don't think I can ever top that kind of high when you're a kid and I your know, parents right? take you to the warehouse. I'm never going to be able to recreate that feeling. I still like sometimes, sometimes, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sometimes I go to the warehouse and I go down the pink aisle and it's just, you try it, but it's the not aisle. the same. <laughs> it's not the same. I definitely do that. Um, Not the not the pink aisle. I'll go down yeah. like the, the um, uh, you know, whatever it is, the transformers the and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And um, I used to do jokes on stage about how I looked like this kind of fine line between like, oh, he might be buying them for himself, but he might also have like a niece or a nephew or something like that. Oh my, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Whenever I go like um, to the warehouse and, and or whatever store where that has like uh, girls' toys and dolls or like op shops, I always have to plan in my head that I'm a collector speech. Like if any parents are nearby and they look at me judgingly, I'm like, oh no, I'm a collector. I'm an adult collector. I collect dolls. It's okay. It's not weird at all. Not weird at all. That's funny how much of, and then they're probably not even thinking about it at all, are they? Yeah, probably not. You you could get like a business card or something like that that you just push into their hands. It's like, you know. Yeah. All the the frequently asked questions about it. (laughs) If they choose. Here's my number if you want to chat some more. I'll hook you up with some uh, some limited edition Sasha Bratz dolls. Did you overcorrect and purchase more Sashas when you got older to kind of scratch that itch at all? No, I think um, I kind of, yeah, I, I'm not really into Bratz these days. I kind of appreciate them, like, from a nostalgic point of view. But, um, no, I think I, I mostly love Barbies, specifically Barbies from the 80s and 90s. I think that's my niche. That's my were, niche. Yeah. Were there any other lines of dolls? There was something called like OMG or something uh, that I remember yeah. seeing. They were modern though, I think. 
Yeah, I find those ones really interesting. So those came out like I think early 2010s, mid 2010s. I think they were meant to, yeah, they're made by MGA, who was the same company who made Bratz. And I think they were kind of, they had retired Bratz by this point. They kind of wanted something similar that would appeal to the new generation. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I find those skills really interesting, like the, how they sort of reflect to modern fashion. I mean, that's what fashion dolls have really done, but not just in terms of fashion. They reflect like, you know, the ideal body type of the time because they're, you know, very, very curvy dolls. Um, and they have like big lips and the big anime eyes and the all OMG that. ones. Yeah, the OMG ones. Interesting. I I always felt like um <laughs> that do you remember that meme of Steve Buscemi and he's like, How do you do, fellow children? Yeah. I feel like the OMG <laughs> it felt like the same Yeah, no, that's about, what it is. It felt you like, like you look at them late. and it's like yeah, you look at them and it's like um with the fact that they're called like OMG, which stands for like um something millennial girls i don't know what that oh, stands for name. but yeah. they're meant to be millennials these girls are 35 years old they've got a job <laughs> and a mortgage all right they've got they're their harry potter house like Billie Eilish, though. yeah <laughs> yeah i guess because uh would you consider yourself a millennial no i'm kind of in the in between i was born in 97 so i'm kind of like what they call a zillennial zillennial which is a zoomer and yeah so that's a cross between a zoomer and a millennial yeah because um, generally if i need some information on like the zeitgeist you're one of my first ports of call to knowing like just anything yeah. about young culture um yeah but i'm not even really that much older than you so that's kind of concerning yeah. but um yeah. a zillennial yeah because like the like you were saying with the it re- reflecting the culture and the dolls is quite interesting yeah. um are there some trends you've noticed from the Barbies that you, that your your niche of Barbies that you don't see in fashion or anything like that today? Um, oh, I gotta think about that. There was a big controversy about Barbie's body type not being realistic or something at, at some point. This is me vaguely having vague memories yeah. of that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a big thing. Like Mattel have drastically changed Barbie. I think back in the eighties and nineties, there was a focus on like the fantasy and the glamour aspect I don't think they kind of wanted her to be this kind of like um unrealistic they didn't want her to be an unrealistic figure but well Barbie was aspirational wasn't she she was aspirational I'm not saying that you know an astronaut and a scientist and a and a um princess and all these kind of yeah she can be anything that's a whole thing Mm. I'm not saying that you know like having like that kind of body type was the aspiration um, but I think mm. definitely now Mattel want to make her more grounded. They want want to make her more realistic because that's basically what the parents wanted her to be. Um, yeah, Mattel yeah. pretty much listened to all that feedback. We're like, okay, we hear you. We're gonna let's, let's make our Barbies different body types. But my my problem with that is that they're just they're a bit too grounded. Oh, really? They're a bit too grounded. They're a bit too realistic. I would really love it if you know they kept the the diverse body types and the skin tones and what have you but still made them really fun and really exciting Hmm. Um, i'd yeah yeah that's an interesting way to look at it the um the one i was going to say before as well with barbie having all these different i guess they kind of answered this in the movie but would you say that barbie was almost the first multiverse one of the first multiverse characters Pretty much, eh? Pretty much. The Barbie verse. Because <laughs> I never quite, that's one thing that really 
confused me about the movie is that the characters are all called Barbie, but they all have like their job is kind of, I guess that's their given name. And then Barbie is the family name. I'm not really too sure. And, um, yeah. but, uh, they are all different, uh, actually different characters or whatever in the Barbie movie. But I wonder if, uh, like when I was a child, I always pictured, um, all these different versions of Barbie were kind of like, it was like the same Barbie and she could just do everything. That was kind of my impression of the law. Yeah, if you that's will. interesting. That's interesting. Well, I think it kind of definitely um, like, yeah, is basically a Barbie multiverse. And that's kind of, I think how I saw it as a kid with my dolls, they were just like, not this, even though I had multiple Barbies or multiple dolls that were the same, like they, they were still individuals, even though mm. it was they were still Barbie. If that makes sense, yeah, absolutely. Um, the um, what I quite found quite funny about the movie was the weird Barbie and um, <laughs> that idea that you'd you'd see dolls that would have like obviously like there was yeah. an attempted haircut on this one or like they just exactly. have, like, no, some battle um, scars I, and stuff like that from when the dog I had a weird Barbie because um, <laughs> as I said earlier, I mostly had brats, but the, one of the one Barbies I had. She was my weird Barbie. My brother had like broken off both her, broke her, uh, both her arms. So I was like, "Well, she's oh, can I swear?" That's like the um the kid from Toy Story said or whatever he was yeah. called the toy mutilator. Yeah, yeah, um, she was she was pretty much screwed. She was she was damaged goods. So it was like, "You'll she's she's a weird girl." I put nail polish on her face and like cut her hair and like do all that and and like in the um sort of fantasy worlds I'd create with these dolls like the brats. They were like the cool popular girls. And then the weird, my weird Barbie was the one who was getting bullied in school and she was the one getting excluded and picked on, which is funny because that was me in school. I was the weird Barbie. And I was kind of, yeah, projecting (laughs) my problems onto these dolls. That's quite a good way to put it. um, I think it's, that's the one thing that I had this conversation with someone fairly recently in real life. Um, I still very distinctly remember the day that um toys or action figures weren't really fun for me anymore um yeah i remember i remember that day for me too yeah well, it'll take us back to your uh well i remember it was actually um i must have been about 12 and uh i, I went to the warehouse with my mum, my brothers and you know she she let's pick something out and she said you said like oh georgia do you still want a doll like you know you could maybe get like i don't know earphones or something i don't know um, I was like, no, I still want a doll because I saw this doll here, um, doll, doll there that I really liked. I was like, oh, she's really pretty. I really want her. Um, so my mom got me there and I took her home and like I was really excited unboxing her and I was really excited to play with her. But then I was holding her and I was like, this isn't fun for me anymore. Like, mm, what? It just hits you, eh? It just it honestly hit me. I It was quite melancholic because I was like, wow, this is actually, you know, things have changed like, like this the is the end of, of an era, era. yeah yeah, um, yeah. and I think for me I think that was the transition between like child playing with dolls and you know now you're an adult collector an adult at 12 years collector. old yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I wasn't you know collecting them but I think that was kind of the start of it I That's realized the first that step. yeah I just kind of liked having them rather mm. than playing with them I think yeah. yeah I had um a very similar experience i used to play on a trampoline out in my sort of parents front yard yeah. and it was all little dragon ball z figures and everything like that and yeah. uh i remember getting all set up to play messing around a bit and i just remember thinking to myself like what am i doing this is yeah. like, what, what is this but it's I like um <laughs> i feel like it was like a similar i was slightly younger because i moved to the city when i was 11 so i must have been yeah. maybe eight or nine or something like that yeah 
Um, but the the whole idea of uh, us like projecting um, whole stories and stuff like that onto our toys yeah. when you're children is like something that's like infinitely fascinating. And then the yeah. fact that it goes away is, I'm kind of like, what what changes in our brain that we're just like, uh, like, is it something? Because you were talking about how you um, would project the problems you're going through at school onto the weird Barbie. Um, yeah. I wonder, is that uh, something that children do in order to kind of make sense of the world or to cope with what's I going on so. as they, they, yeah. they play it out with their toys? It's really interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I wish I knew a kind of child psychologist. I could, I could uh, find out some more about that, but um, yeah. Did you have, cause like, I think as well, um, we <laughs> like, I think this is what was so interesting about toy story. The movies is like, yeah. Andy's toys were all just random. Like they weren't from the same set. They weren't all like, um, you know, like you you would imagine that they were all produced by different toy companies, right? Because yeah. he had the dog, yeah. <laughs> the slinky dog, the yeah. dinosaur. Woody and Buzz were like different companies. Yeah, and uh, you just have this kind of hodgepodge gang, like gang of <laughs> things when you're a child. But like they're all kind of like. They all kind of inhabit the same universe in your in your childhood yeah, mind. Yeah, I, I I love that so much. I I I wrote a joke about this in my stand up, but basically, yeah, you'd come up with this really like um this like universe, or, like this interspecies universe, and like yeah, you'd have a Barbie, you'd maybe have a couple of male dolls, some like maybe an old Spice Girl. Um, <laughs> I remember also like um I used to play with pins one year pins. I think for Christmas. Pins, yeah. One year for Christmas, my no. my auntie got me these like they're like these bendy pins that has some oh, sort of, like yeah. jelly stuff inside. And for yeah. some reason, I added those to my doll doll universe, and they I'd play with them like they were dolls. And I came up with like a backstory, and they were kind of part of the the doll circle, even though they weren't dolls. <laughs> Do the pins have personality? Like, were the pins sentient in this universe? Yeah, no, they were sentient. Um, there were there were colors. There was a yellow one. There was an orange one. There was a pink one. There was a green one. And I think the pink one was the really girly one. I think the green one was the one that got bullied. And I think there was always one of one in the universe. That I love was how that's the personality. Bullied. Green gets bullied a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I'd even like used to like do a similar thing with my dolls or create stories, but not even with mm. like toys. I used to like go outside and pick flowers and mm. pretend those were like characters in like a fairy tale universe. Um yeah, yeah, definitely. The yeah. um the what are they called? Those like um Pixar movies called Inside Out or something. Is that yeah. what they're called about all the feelings? I yep. wonder if that's yep. almost like an ex you're you're kind of externally doing that. You're putting all of your different aspects onto these individual little um yeah uh, yeah not not uh what's the word i'm thinking not hominid uh homunculus was the word i was thinking but i don't think <laughs> homunculus is the right word either it's something almost else, like it's something else we don't need to go on to that nah. if you know you know <laughs> yeah exactly so then um we we got real deep in childhood there the the yeah. collecting aspect of things like um what does that look like uh, now when you're trying to trade these? Are you trying to collect these old Barbies? Do you have to go on the depths of the internet? Is it eBay? What's how does one go about kind of? Yeah, I used to. Um, I, I get them from various sources. If I ever see like a '90s or '80s Barbie from an auction, even if it's in rough condition, I'll get it because I'm like, well, this is still like you know, this is still neat to have. Mm. Um, when I had a bit more disposal income, I used to 
buy them um, from eBay, like new unbox ones, uh, which is a really exciting time. And I love yeah, them so is. much. And I love doing that. Um, not so much affordable now, but um, yeah, that's something I used to do. I mostly do it through Trade Me now. Oh. Um, yeah, like every day I have like um, Barbie as like a um, save search on my Trade Me. So like every day I sort of like check, okay, are there any 90s Barbies for sale? That are in good condition and that are for a good price. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, that's bit, mostly how I acquire them. Are they a bit like stock prices and that certain Barbies will go up and down depending on the market? Yeah. Yeah. What's, um, what's a hot stock at the moment in the Barbie market? Um, definitely. Well, what's for a while there, the, the, the Barbie movie dolls? Like, I, they, they were already quite expensive to buy, like, um, firsthand, but. I would see people reselling them on Trade Me for like, you know, over a hundred dollars. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> so these these are new ones that are based off the characters in the movie? Yeah, yeah. And they're already up to what are what are Barbie dolls retail at like new these days? Um, it probably depends. You have ones that I think they're on the more affordable side. I would think they're maybe around like twenty to forty dollars, whereas like more they're very expensive these days to get like a nice quality Barbie that comes with a lot of accessories. It's around like between like 60 to like $85. Wow. That's really pricey. So they're very, they're very like, yeah, that's something that's quite shocks that shocks me these days are that new dolls are very expensive. Um, yeah. I remember <laughs> getting, we were talking about the AMP show. Um, just speaking of like the price of things going crazy, uh, AMP show. If you're a New Zealand <laughs> listener, you'll probably know what this is. If you're an American listener or overseas, uh, what does AMP stand for? It's like agriculture and something, and it's basically like it's like I guess it's the closest thing in New Zealand you'd have to a county fair in the states. Would that yeah. be fair to say? Yeah. Um, when like we were kids, it would have been a gold coin to get in, which was about two dollars. And now right. the Christchurch's one is up to like thirty, forty dollars. Thirty-five dollars. It. It's, it's really crazy. short up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Especially since I only want to go for the petting zoo and like maybe some <laughs> some MP show food. I'm I'm still gonna pay it because I still want the experience. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is, if people are willing to pay it, then the price isn't wrong, is yeah. it? The other thing I was yeah. going to say, this is a big good podcast for this anecdote, and I imagine you'll understand it. But my, mm. when we were when I, we were small children, my brother and I, our big thing was the little like sort of three, four inch tall Pokemon figurines. Yeah, and the um, I don't remember how much they costed, but um, you could buy them in packets of two and packets of three. And they were yeah. shooting a commercial in my hometown. It was something to do with the, the Crusaders and like wheat bix I think, or some yeah. kind of breakfast cereal. And it was a few of us, a few of them did it. And they had to kind of, I think they were just looking for like local students, probably about five years old or something to be in the commercial. So they yeah. sent a thing home with the parents and my parents they were kind of asking like, is it worth doing? And my parents said, however much they would get for us doing it. But to put it in perspective, they were like, this is how much this money is. If if you do the if you do the commercial, you'll be able to buy this many Pokemon two packs or this many Pokemon three packs. And I was like, got it. Um, was it worth it in the end? Did I you don't do remember, the I don't actually think we did it. I know my best friend did it. Um, but for whatever reason, we said no. Um, I think maybe it was on a Saturday or something. No, it's okay, mum. We don't have to work for it. You can buy it for us. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you. What is money anyways to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we are coming up on about seven minutes left. Is there anything else you're dying to get off your chest about doll collecting? Anything else you want to get out there to the world? Um, I think 
I don't know. I would like to just say, um, I don't know. I feel like there's a perception that like people who collect dolls are a little bit weird. They're a little bit, you know, like um, what's the word? Like you're in sort of like arrested development. There's still some childhood issues going on there, which Mm. like, yeah, that's true. But also like, it's no (laughs) different than like, you know, someone into sports collecting like all backs, all black memorabilia or like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Funko Pops. Unless I'm not a Funko Pop collector, God, no. Is there um, is there a picking order of doll collectors? <laughs> um, there is a little. There is a little. No. Um, Funko Pops are the green pen of um, doll yeah, collectors. The green pen of doll collectors. The ones who get bullied all the time. Yeah. Um, no. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, uh, I just sorry. Yeah, well, no, that's uh, that is quite a good uh, thing to remember, and it's like. It's so bizarre the I hobbies think... that people find acceptable and yeah. people look down on. Like, yeah. why why do people really care what someone else spends their money on? <laughs> yeah, and also I think at the end of the day, I feel like it's just a natural human thing to like to collect things. Like, another thing is, like, people who collect records. Like, yeah. do they even play them? Do they even use them? No, they're fun to have. Like, and I think it's just it's just what people do. They like to hoard things that they like. Collect? Collecting is yeah. an interesting idea, isn't it? I wish I yeah. had something. Like, I know Dave Batista, the actor, he collects uh, steel, like, lunchboxes. That's his thing that he collects. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I've never had anything that's really, like, really, like, grabbed me that I thought, oh, I need to I need to start collecting these. Um, well, who knows? It might hit you one day, Taylor. It maybe maybe I need to, uh, those, like, to go. Those Pokemon figurines that you, that you had as a kid. I don't know. You can hit up Tracy and see what we they're going for. St- we still have them somewhere. I've got a little plastic che- <gasps> treasure chest at my parents' house um, that I don't you imagine. Maybe, What's that? Maybe find out how much they're worth because you can make some money. I don't know. Um, I imagine. I know a lot of them have missing, like missing tails and stuff like that. So oh, I think okay. they're not. They're, but they're in pretty good nick. Yeah. And like we went to the Sunday market, the record and Sunday market. Yeah. Uh, several weeks ago now. Yeah. And. Um, because that was my main, when I was a child, the thing we wanted to go to the Sunday market for was uh, bootleg Yu-Gi-Oh cards and uh, <laughs> also bootleg um, small Pokemon figurines. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was incredibly disappointed to find that <laughs> all of the Pokemon figurines look like they've basically been sitting in that same container for the 20 years since we used to collect them. And they're all covered in grime. And it was like, and oh, then man. they're expensive too. They wanted like, $18 or something for them. It was crazy. Yeah, so. the bootlegs. That's silly. That's silly. But that, that's a, that's another thing with doll collecting. People will sell things that, like, are either not worth anything for, like, you know, hundreds, like, for, for, for a very, like, you know, expensive price. Or they will undersell. They won't. Re- they don't realize that it's valuable, so they sell it for, like, $5. It's interesting. You were telling me about a, a, an absolute coup that you could have you could have really had one over on someone, but you didn't. You kind of told them the value of what they were trying to sell or something once. Is this was that you I was talking to? Or was that someone else? Yeah, it probably was. I've I've come across that quite a few times on Trade Me where it's like, this is like a really rare collectible and you're selling it for like, I don't know, six dollars fifty. I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you because it's a bargain and I wanna take advantage. <laughs> I'm but still gonna click At the same time, now. I don't wanna take advantage. I feel bad. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, what is the expression? There's no honor among thieves, I guess, right? If yeah, people are willing yeah. <laughs> to sell it for that much, then yeah, uh, yeah that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely a bit of a moral. But you got to you got to game the system. You got to game the system. You got to you know. Yeah, well, that's the first know, thing it's... you do when you find an old collectible is you find out how much it's worth. Like if they yeah. haven't even just googled it, then they kind of deserve to get taken for a ride. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's it's a cutthroat game. It's a cutthroat market. It's like it's it's every man for themselves, you exactly. know. You just you know, I mean, and not that I'm saying that the doll collection community is like, you know, mean and, and you know, but at the same time, you've got to be ruthless sometimes. Well, for bargains you've on the line. you got to be ruthless. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. you got to do what I've you got to do. I've been in many a bidding war. <laughs> <laughs> I, that victory, I haven't bid on things on Trade Me for a long time, but that victory of when the person finally backs off is is a very sweet moment of victory, isn't it? Right, but then I also feel kind of bad where I'm yes. like, do I actually want this? Should I have let them have this? Oh, I the this could have been descended. like the kid's birthday present. Did I ruin a child's birthday party? What have I done? You just judge, you just judge what their username is. If their username <laughs> yeah. makes you think they might be kind of like, uh, you know, like a bit of a dick or something, you're like, ah, no, don't yeah. worry about it. So, yeah, this person could be a Nazi. You never know. You never know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the swastikas in their, in, their, um, <laughs> in their name should have been a tip off for that. What a weird note to end the podcast on. Oh, sorry. Um, no, that was me who I, <laughs> I don't know why I brought Nazis into this. Um, well, this has been an absolutely delightful podcast. Yeah. I appreciate you joining me. I'll plug yeah, all your you socials so and stuff in the end of the podcast, as well as thank you. Your give us a quick uh, two one minute plug for your podcast. Ah, uh, yes. So, um, me and my um, comedian friend Matt Lilly have a podcast. It's called Playtime with uh, Georgia and Matt. Um, so yeah, go check it out. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. We just, you know, we just have little chats, just silly little chats. Um, so yeah, it's a good time. Check it out. Couldn't have said it better myself. I just flubbed that last line. <laughs> thank you for joining <laughs> me, Georgia. No, thank you. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Bye. And we are back. I hope you enjoyed that interview. It was a long time coming. I've been trying to queue that up with Georgia for a while. We just couldn't get our schedules to kind of align. But uh, I'm very, I was very happy to um, to make that happen. If you would like more Georgia in your life, you can find her on Facebook. I don't know if her page has an at tag, but just search Georgia West Cahill, the comedian, and you should find that without an issue. And then you can find her on Instagram at, uh, I believe it's Georgia WC the girl. Um, I'll chuck all of her links in the uh, show notes so you can find that um, uh, much easier. Georgia and uh, another local comedian, Matt Lilly, I think she mentioned it in the interview. It's been a couple of weeks since I recorded it, but the, she might have mentioned that her and Matt Lilly have a podcast together called Playtime with Georgia and Matt, which I'll also chuck a link to in the show notes. You can also see it if you're on my Buzzsprout page. You can see it in my recommendations uh, tab. I've listened to most of the episodes. It's a very enjoyable uh, little podcast. Those two clearly have a very good level of chemistry. Some of their banter is uh, very funny, and it's the sort of thing you don't get uh, as often with a show like what I do, where quite often I'm not super uh, close with the guests. So um, if you're looking for a, um, a very cozy sort of podcast with two people that uh, very have a lot of chemistry together, I recommend you check that out. There's also some just cool stories and funny bits and yeah I have to give it up for any of the local comedians that actually put themselves out there and and um, start a project that's not just kind of signing up for the open mics every week so all the all the um, respect in the world for um, getting after it and and doing something to uh, get noticed as always follow can do comedy on Facebook to see what kind of uh, fun gigs we've got coming up in 2023 I think at this point I can announce that we're going to be doing a Tuesday night show at the Austin Club so the Laugh Cellar will now be on Tuesdays and Thursdays the official announcement hasn't gone up yet 
but uh, it's it's all but confirmed. We just got to, I think, figure out the first date. They're more or less going to be the same show. The Tuesday night show is going to be more of a uh, a comedy buffet with more comedians doing shorter sets. It's good for a kind of a night out if you have some friends uh, or you just want like a bit of a little bit of everything. It's going to be a good good kind of mix of performers. And then Thursday nights, we are turning it into a bit more of an intimate show where you have less performers. We're going to have four performers plus the MC. They're all going to do slightly longer of a performance, 15 minutes kind of length. So you get to spend a bit more time with them. And it's just kind of more of a, it's more of an intimate experience. Like if you're into the art form of comedy, then Thursday night will be the night to come along as we'll be getting, <laughs> getting kind of experimental and trying things out. And uh, it's all going to be in the room and interactive. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's a very cozy kind of lounge vibe all of my social medias at taylor ruddle comedy and you already know this if you're listening to the show give me a um, review on spotify or apple Podcasts to help me kind of climb the ranking my podcast seems to be charting relatively legitimately this time seem to float somewhere between like 100 and and 250 depending on the week uh, so yeah any reviews you can toss my way will help me a lot get me into a more stable position in the charts so like I think I said, the Laugh Cellar was finished last night for the year. We're coming back on the 11th of January, which I think the same week we'll be launching the Tuesday show, but just keep an eye on the page for details. The Moi Moi quiz and the Brideys quiz, they're going to be continuing all through the new year. So if you're uh, regular attendees of those, just keep coming along. I'll be there. Chris will be looking after the the Brideys quiz. I think I'm looking at after <laughs> I'm looking after it on like the second, or there might be Henry. I'm not entirely sure who's looking after that, but somebody will be there on the second i'm also going to be on compass fm i'm going to do my first kind of proper shifts there over the new years i think while they're a bit quieter um they're letting us kind of volunteers stretch our legs a little bit so i'm going to be on compass fm compass fm excuse me from uh, 10 a.m till 2 p.m on the 29th of december and the 5th of january so if you're in north canterbury and you're listening and you would like to spend a few hours with me um over the sort of new years um tune into compass fm on those days and i will be spinning some records and <laughs> attempting to say something interesting in between Next week, I'm going to miss my uh, Monday upload, but that is because it is Christmas Day on a Monday, and I don't expect many people will be sitting around waiting for the next episode of Rattle Me This. So the release is going to be on the 27th, and that is going to be my State of the Ramble for 2023. It's only going to be about 20 minutes. I'm going to try my best to keep it uh, short and sweet, because uh, I, <laughs> I recorded um, recorded one of those from text, and uh, man, it was long. It was a it was a slog for me to record to read through all that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and keep it about ten minutes, uh, definitely less than twenty for um for the 2023 review. So check back on the 27th. Uh, that'll be when that one drops. And then the week after, the first of January, New Year's Day, I am gonna release a Q and T episode, which is I've been collating questions from uh, listeners, friends, and enemies alike. Uh, people, <laughs> people, people have been asking questions and hurling abuse my way. I think you can visit www.taylorruddle.com slash questions if you want to leave a question that I'll answer in the Q&T episode. I will also be posting that on my Facebook page as well, so just keep an eye out for that if you want to leave a question or hurl some abuse my way. Well, that's all for this week. I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you're having a wonderful kind of end of year. I know the end of year can be a lonely and isolating time for a lot of people. So if you're kind of in my circles and you're feeling a little bit uh, isolated, send me a DM and uh, be more than willing to um, have a chat or, uh, you know, 
catch up for a drink, something like that. Uh, if, we, if we don't know each other, then uh, yeah, give it a try. Why not? Uh, it's always nice to to, <laughs> to meet new people. I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just I'm just waffling on now. I got to get going. I'm gonna go do a um, a Christmas quiz for a uh, little company celebrating their Christmas uh, end of year function through G Quiz. So once I wrap this up, I'm going to get ready and uh, go and do that. So thank you again for listening. I'll catch up with you uh, next week. I think by the time that has happened, you will have had your Christmas. So I hope you have a lovely Christmas and um, look forward to all the exciting things in 2024. So all right, take care and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Rubble around. Right, I think I hacked in. We're on the air? Shh, security's outside. But how's my hair? It's a radio station. Psst, psst. You guys hear about the Beyond the Shadows podcast with Ryan and Scott? You guys into paranormal? What about true crime? How about UFOs and cryptids? We also have mad hauntings. We got security. No, we don't. We're not big enough to need it yet. No, we got security. Hey, what are you guys doing? Get out of here. Listen to the Beyond the Shadows podcast. Beyond the Shadows! Hello, Ruddle Me This listeners. I am Rachel. And I'm Heather. And we are the hosts over at Wine Time. We release new episodes every Tuesday about all things mom-related. We talk about birthing stories and postpartum. Inspirational mamas who have made a difference and are just complete badasses. And we cover all the mom crime, from missing moms to murderous moms. Come check us out wherever you listen to your podcast at Wine Time. Or find us on social media at wine underscore time underscore pod. And remember, that's wine spelled W-H-I-N-E. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.